Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, good morning to you all. And uh, again, welcome to our Mother's Day service. Um, Our message theme this morning is uh, letting go. And uh, we welcome all the mothers who are here present. I'm sure mothers of all ages, we honour you today. And a special welcome too to those who've come specifically to honour or appease your mother. (laughs) Whichever the case may be, maybe a bit of both. Special welcome to you, whatever the case. I came across this quote yesterday, stumbled across it actually, and I thought, gee, it seems appropriate to share for Mother's Day. It's, here's the quote. My husband and I recently made the mutual decision that we do not want kids. And the reaction we've had from our friends and family has been so judgmental. It's been awful. The kids are not taking it that well either. <laughs> I know, uh, you know, when our kids were little, just babies, a um, number of times Margie would say to me, I just wish that I could just take the batteries out <laughs> and just put them in the cupboard just for a few hours so I could get some sleep. You can perhaps all relate to that. I love the story too. I've shared this story with you before of um, the lady who was interviewed at the age of 110. And one of the questions she was asked was to do with the kinds of things that, uh, that she worried about, you know, at her grand old age, were the things at her age that caused her anxiety or to worry. And she said this, she said, well, I have three children of my own and I'm just so relieved to know that they are now all safely settled into aged care facilities. (laughs) There's some truth, surely, to the saying, once a parent, always a parent. Our kids are now 29 and 27, so uh, fast approaching middle age themselves. (laughs) You know, um, when they were young, I had this naive perspective that really my parenting role and responsibility expired on the day that they turned 18. You're 18, you're an adult, you're no longer my responsibility, not my problem. Uh, As though I'd signed some kind of 18-year contract that was to expire on their 18th birthday. And whilst there's a grain of truth in that, actually, I soon discovered that the parenting role continues on. Do I hear an amen? (laughs) It does. The parenting role continues on. It changes, and they do need to start taking responsibility for adult life, and... uh, as parents, we need to allow that, we need to encourage that, but uh, there are certain things you continue to carry as a parent in relation to um, their, their well-being all their lives, actually, all your life. You carry, on, you carry an ongoing burden for them, you, know, you worry about them, you sacrifice for them, you pray for them, you do all you can to continue to be in good relationship with your kids into adult life. 
You rejoice with their successes. Perhaps you grieve at some of their poor decisions. And you intensely feel their pain all through life. This morning I want to introduce you to a couple of Bible characters that uh, you've probably never heard of, Amram and Jochebed. Anyone familiar with those people? Yeah, some of you are. I wasn't. You've certainly heard of their children, Miriam, Aaron and little Moses. In the story today, he's little Moses, just a baby, but of course he would become one of the greatest, most famous characters of ancient history, chosen and set apart by God to deliver his people from slavery. It's an amazing story and uh, last week Dan launched our series on the life of Moses which we've called Walking with God. We'll be following that series over the next few weeks. And the setting of the story today is Egypt and the, the backdrop which Dan unpacked last Sunday is actually a deeply distressing one. And Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is troubled by how numerous and influential the Israelite people have become. And so he issues a royal decree to all of his people. Here's the decree. Every boy that is born to the Hebrews, you must throw into the river Nile and let every girl live. It's a truly uh, horrific, evil decree designed to control the population and uh, surely you'd think such a decree today would result in global outcry by various human rights commissions quite rightly but in that day you've got to understand that the power wielded by the king was comprehensive it was absolute so basically he could do whatever he liked he could decree whatever he liked whatever he decreed was final and to disobey such a decree was to risk your own life uh, you'd very likely end up in the Nile yourself. So this was Pharaoh's decree. Every baby boy was to be thrown into the river. So that's kind of the backdrop for this morning's story, which is Exodus chapter 2 and verses 1 to 10. And uh, you'll see here that I've, I've added in some names that are not in this passage. Uh, they're the right names. I haven't just made them up, but they're, they're just not in that, in that particular text. Now a man, Amram, of the tribe of Levi, married a Levite woman, Jochebed. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, and then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister, which is Miriam, some of you might know from other parts of the scripture, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister, again Miriam, his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby 
and nurse him for me and I will pay you. Again, <laughs> brilliant. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Amazing story of a young mother, Jochebed, who's faced with this really just dreadful scenario, awful for any parent. Any, it's just a, a, an extreme set of circumstances. Here's the scenario, if I can kind of summarise it. If I hold on to my baby son, he'll be killed, certainly, if discovered. And if I release him in this way, in what seems like a pretty dodgy uh, basket in the reeds plan, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Well, all sorts of things. If I release him in this way, this high-risk, sort of fraught-with-danger strategy, then perhaps he might stand a chance of living. Now, uh, helpful for us to understand in the context of this story that Jochebed was a Levite woman, which meant that she was part of a tribe that was wholly dedicated to God and to matters of worship. This was the role of uh, the Levites. And so this was a godly, God-fearing woman and so we might assume, I think, that her decision to place her baby in a basket among the bulrushes was certainly a decision based uh, on her faith in God. It was a decision of faith. It was, uh, I think we could easily argue, inspired by God and uh, a prayerful decision. Well, of course, we know the rest of the story. The result of that decision was the preservation of the life against all odds, this life of a boy who would actually grow up to be the great Moses who would deliver his people, deliver a nation from slavery. But what I want to suggest this morning is that there's a, a principle here, if you like, of, of letting go that I want to just explore this morning that I think it applies to a number of areas of life and in particular uh, this whole area of parenting. And it's, it highlights, it's a principle that highlights the difference between operating out of fear and operating out of faith. And you know, you can't do both of those things at the same time. You can operate out of faith and still experience fear. Still feel a bit anxious about the decision you're making that's based in faith. But one or other of those two things will be your foundation, your mindset, if you like, as you go through life. Fear or faith. And when we operate from a place of fear, we adopt a posture like this. And fear causes us to hold on, to cling on, to hold on to things like control, to hold on to our possessions, hold on to our rights, to cling on to those things that make us feel secure. And fear, if we're not careful, also causes us to hold on to our children in a way that ultimately is not helpful for them or for us. But by contrast, when we operate from a place of faith, we adopt a posture like this, an open posture in life. And faith, we discover, actually enables us to let go, to let go of control, to be generous, to relinquish our rights, to relinquish our titles, to relinquish our social status, 
and actually to let go of our children. Explore what that means a little more this morning. But understanding that ultimately, God alone can provide us with the security that we need and that our hearts long for. When it comes to parenting, this Jochebed principle of letting go, of releasing our children to the Lord, well, uh, any parent will tell you that's easier said than done, and yet so necessary. So let me share with you this morning uh, three phases of letting go, and I just pray that this might be something of encouragement uh, to all of our mothers today, mothers of all ages. So number one, the first phase of letting go is that we dedicate our children to God in infancy. And uh, here in our church, many of you know, we create regular opportunities for parents to bring their babies or their younger children to a special service at which we then dedicate those children to the Lord. And uh, there's an opportunity for that very thing in about a month from now for those who might like to take part in that, be part of that. But Luke chapter 2 tells us that Mary and Joseph as New parents took Jesus as a baby to the temple, a practice that goes right back to the time of Moses, and they presented him to the Lord. <laughs> That's a fascinating thing, isn't it, when you think about it? Here he is, the Son of God, being presented to God, his heavenly Father. Well, in our dedication services, we'll often make references to um, passages like Psalm 139, which explains how life itself is created lovingly by God with extraordinary care and extraordinary attention to detail. And anyone who's witnessed, ever witnessed a birth will tell you their own version of a story of, of absolute amazement and absolute wonder at the creation of life by God. I stand in awe of my wife, I stand in awe of all women, I stand in awe of the, uh, the creative capacity of a God who was able to create life in that way. I know uh, in my case I had the privilege of being present at the birth of both of my kids. I have to tell you I was quite content to stay at the, the bowler's end rather than the wicket keeper's end. <laughs> I'm just drawing a cricket analogy. Uh, but in my, my sense of wonder, even at the bowler's end, my sense of wonder... Was, um, was off the charts, at the, just the miracle that I just witnessed. Thinking, wow, wow, this, I've never seen anything like it. And so when it came to the dedication of our kids, in each case, a few months after they were born, for Margie and I, it was a very significant thing, actually. It was a way for us of saying, Lord, we, we thank you. We're so thankful to you for this, uh, this precious life that you have created and that you've actually entrusted to us. And so for us, what we're saying is in this, uh, in this little ceremony, it was a significant thing for us, in this little ceremony of dedication, at the outset, at the very beginning of this adventure of parenting, we didn't know what we were in for. Nobody does. At, at, the, at the beginning of this adventure of parenting, Lord, we ask you for your help and we acknowledge that you are the loving creator of this life and we dedicate this life to you and in a sense, we give it back to you. That's a big part of what a dedication service is about. Giving this little life, this vulnerable, precious little life, giving that back to God. It's the first phase of letting go. 
Not easy to do, and yet so important. The second phase of letting go is that we raise our children then in the faith. And again, if we go right back to the early teaching of Moses, we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of the great declarations of faith of the Israelite people, uh, known as the Shema, which in Hebrew means, I think, uh, something like to hear. It goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And listen to this. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. When you sit at home, when you walk around, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Impress them on your children. Talk about these things with your children. So critically important that our faith as families is not just some sort of Sunday religious experience, but that we live it out at home, that we talk about the Lord, that we spend time together in prayer as families with our children day by day moment by moment, so critically important that we give priority to the practice of worship, both at home and in a corporate setting with others like this, that we model the priority of worship, the importance of worship and community amongst the people of God to our kids, that we participate with them in that. Bear with me, I've just got the, just the remainder of that lingering COVID thing, but I'm still here. <clears throat> I remember um, many years ago chatting with a young mum in the foyer here and, uh, and her kids were about 11 and 13 uh, at the time as I remember, but um, they, they weren't with her on this particular morning. I remember chatting with them in the foyer and saying, um, where are your kids today? I don't see your kids, are they, uh, are they okay? And she said, oh... They don't really want to come to church anymore, so um, I don't want to make them come. You know, I don't want to make them come. And I said, oh, um, do you make them go to school? She said, oh, of course. I said, do you make them eat fruit and vegetables? She said, absolutely. And my point, which I think didn't go down that well, <laughs> the point I was trying to gently make was, you're the parent. You're the parent. And your kids, certainly at that age, mostly don't have the best handle on what's best for them. They think they have the best handle on what's best for them. They think they know what's good. But very often they don't. So there's this window of opportunity up to the age where your kids are sort of 16, 17, 18, when your role as a parent is to make some key decisions for your children while they're young, based on what you know is right and is good for them, in some cases whether they like it or not, including things like eating habits and sleeping habits and raising them in this environment of faith, hope and love, which ultimately is good is good for them. They, might not, they may not enjoy every aspect of it, but it's good for them. And then gradually allowing them to start making those decisions for themselves as they get older. Now that whole process is difficult, which is why we need the wisdom of God, especially in this aspect of gradually letting go. What a difficult process that is. 
gradually letting go of our kids and allowing them to make their own decisions in life. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Yes, at some point they may well wander off the track, in some cases for many, many years. In fact, for many young people it's been said that they actually need to, in some cases, reject the values that they've been raised with in order to own them for themselves. Some people take a few years, some people take many years to figure out what life and faith are about, how it all works, what's important, what's not important. But parents, don't give up praying for your kids. Don't give up praying for your adult kids. Don't give up on loving them. Don't give up on encouraging them. Don't give up praying for them. Well, then this third and final phase of letting go is when we uh, release our children into adulthood. I've conducted many funerals over the years, probably more than 100, and um, often toward the end of a funeral service, I'll include some wording in prayer that goes um, something along these lines. Lord, we thank you that this person's now in your loving hands. Help us to be content to release them to you. What an important phrase that is. Help us to be content to release them to you, into your loving arms. As I understand, as many of you would understand, that when it comes to death, it's actually an important thing to help people to let go. You have to let go. It's one of those things to do with grief. You know, when someone that you just dearly love passes on, you just want to hold on to that. Hold on. You, I mean, hold on the memories of it, but you want to kind of hold on to something that's no longer there. And so there's a, an aspect of, of grief that's, that, that, that involves letting go. Like, you need to let go. Help us, Lord. Help us to be content to release. Help me to be content to release this person to you. It's a necessary part of grief. And, you know, when your children come of age, it's not a death, but there's, a, there's certainly a sense of grief, unexpectedly in some cases. A sense of grief and the need to let go and release our children into the loving arms of God. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man... I put the ways of childhood behind me. I was just reflecting on that verse this week. I put the ways of childhood behind me. You know, as a parent, you can either help that process of your children transitioning to adulthood by letting go, or you can hinder that process for them by holding on for too long, often holding on to them out of fear. when actually you need to let them go. I've shared once before about the difficult time we had in our family when our daughter was going through that kind of difficult transition into adulthood. I'm not going to do that again. That was, uh, was a blubbering mess last time when I shared that. But I will say this. There was a time when Margie and I were um, not on the same page, shall we say. Uh, ever had that in your marriage? No, never. We were not in this occasion, a rare thing, uh, we were not on the same page 
in relation to how we should be handling that situation. And I remember saying to Margie, we need to start letting her go. Well, that didn't go down too well. And I remember Margie saying to me, well, uh, you can let her go. I'm not letting her go. <laughs> it sounds like you're giving up on her. I'm not ready to give up on her. I said, whoa. You know those communication things where you go, hang on, hang on, wait, rewind. What did I just say? I said, hang on, I'm not giving up on her. I'm talking about releasing her into the Lord's hands. We've got to remember that she belongs to God. She is a child of the king. She's a daughter of the king. She's a child of God. And she belongs to God before she belongs to us. And he won't let her go. And the best thing I believe we can do is release her into God's loving arms. Well, it's quite a conversation. We uh, took some time to process that together. But I think in the end we knew that was right. We needed to actually get on the same page together. But I knew that this was one of those fear versus faith questions. And we had a lot of fear about letting go. I think all parents do. But in the end, together, we stood on this foundation of faith and we remembered that we had dedicated our children to God many years before. We'd raised them in faith. And now we needed to be letting them go. Help us, Lord, to be content to release them to you into your loving arms. So to our mothers today and uh, to our fathers as well, actually, I wonder if there's something in there the Lord's saying to you. Some here are young and yet to have children. Uh, others are parent figures to younger people. And uh, some of us are a bit older and perhaps this morning you're in the category that Margie and I are in where you now have opportunity to sow into the lives of grandchildren. What a blessing that is. Some perhaps are hoping to be a parent. But I'd like to lead you in prayer. And as, um, as we bow in prayer together, let's bow in prayer. And as I pray, if there's something I've shared this morning that's struck a chord with you and you'd like me to include you in my prayer in some aspect of this letting go, why don't you stand where you are as I pray, as a way of responding to God this morning. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for our, all of our mothers here this morning. We thank you for our fathers as well. But Lord, for those parents here this morning, Lord, we would just lift them in prayer to you. We acknowledge together, Lord, that parenting is just a, it's a tough gig. It's a tough lifelong gig, actually. From those struggles of infancy to the challenges of childhood and the challenges of teenage life as we raise our kids through those years and we seek to raise them in faith, we dedicate them to you. As we release them into childhood, Lord, we understand that that role of parenting continues on as we rejoice with the successes of our children and as we 
feel the pain. We ache with the pain of some of their poor decisions. But Lord, for parents this morning, where there's some aspect of what you are saying as you speak into the hearts of your people this morning, some aspect of what you're saying to people about letting go, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be those who build our lives on a foundation of faith and not of fear. That we would be those, Lord, who are prepared not to hold on, but to actually begin to let go in new ways, not ever to give up on our children, but to be content to release them to you in ways that are age appropriate. Forgive us, Lord, for those times when through fear we cling on too tightly. Help us, Lord, as we release and let go, not to let go in such a way that uh, uh, has any sense of abandonment about it, but, Lord, to continue to love, continue to trust, and continue to look to you in every way. So we thank you, Lord. We ask for the inspiration of your Spirit. We ask for the help of your Spirit as we seek to raise our children in an environment of godliness. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.